All right. So it was kind of interesting coming back to this talk. Um, we're studying the April 2019 General Conference, but um, specifically this Come Follow Me. I, <laughs> I don't know what I uh, what kind of was misfiring in my brain, but I was thinking, oh, this is probably where they introduced the Come Follow Me things, uh, the curriculum and stuff. Nope, it, it's totally different. And so as, as I was reading through it, it's like, oh, yeah, this is the talk where that not not come out. Um, <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I just had kind of a brain lapse there. But um, again, coming back through all of these different conference talks is so enlightening with kind of the, the rear view perspective that we have and, and how it has influenced and shaped our, our worship and um, thoughts and studies and, and everything so, um, so much in uh, currently, right now. But um, anyway, what did you guys start seeing in this talk that maybe you hadn't seen the the first time around or uh what were some new insights that, that you gained uh, going through this it's interesting that he starts off with the the mention of these three temples the, the conception the barranquilla and the rome italy temple usually the the temples are kind of mentioned at the end of the talk um but here we're um we're starting off with those, and it's kind of an interesting pattern that, that he's bringing out here. But um, so in that same paragraph, what do you call that number two? Is that number two in your book? Um, those three temples, I, I have that as verse one there. One. Okay, so I'm off by a verse. Um, the last part of that, I congratulate the many women and men who have recently read the Book of Mormon and discovered joy and hidden treasures. <laughs> like. If you haven't done this, you should start looking for the hidden treasures. Uh-huh. Yeah, exactly. Uh, coming off of last week's talks and, and, and those powerful insights there, and it's like, I congratulate anyone who is starting to just receive those and discover those things. Um, it's pretty powerful. Um, and kind of even reflecting now, like, have I continued that pattern? Have I kept discovering and receiving uh, those same things, right? Right. But yeah, and so one of the changes that was made in between the two conferences was, was verse three there, um, where the 11-year-olds uh, now transition based on, on the calendar year rather than just on their, their birthday. Um, and so that's, that's another one of those changes he sneaks in there. So some of them come at conference and some of them come in between. Sometimes it's kind of interesting to, to pull the timeline. But I, I loved verse five there, that uh, little four-year-old Blake who uh, early on a Saturday morning grabbed a church book and exclaimed, I need to feed my spirit. <laughs> I think that that's so cute. As, um, as truthful as that is, you know, sometimes we, we look at it just kind of as a cute little funny story or whatever, but um, how important that principle is coming down to a four-year-old that uh, is understanding that, that concept. Maybe not fully, but maybe maybe he's totally fully understanding it. But um, as we are feeding and and feasting on the truths of the restored gospel. Anyway, I think that between conference too. That's really sad. And then, um, yeah, and his daughter's name was Wendy. Did you catch that, Wendy? And is married to Wendy. Oh, uh huh. Yeah, yeah his daughter Wendy. 
That was really a sweet um, little last minute, not last minute, the last, I guess, what did he call it? The last correspondence he had with her, the last visit. Mm-hmm. That we um, we worked together, we sang together, we skied together, but that evening we talked of things that matter most. And so the things that matter most is really cool. Covenants, ordinances, obedience, faith, family, fidelity, love, and eternal life. Yeah. I made that into a little meme and I posted it on Facebook if you, if you want that. Yeah. That, sure. most. that was really good. So yeah. he to go visit um, Paradise. Um, and we have a family here that, that's in our ward from Paradise. And they have a, an amazing story of leaving. And it's how she became one of my dear friends as she gave a talk in church. And I recognized that she was awake. <laughs> and we connected. And then she connected me to another sister who just a few weeks later was called into the Relief Society presidency with me. So we, and all three of us correspond together. And I keep trying to get them in, but they're <laughs> both so busy. Yeah. <laughs> but their, um, their story was that they had just moved into this house. They had been in this house in paradise for eight months. And they had gone through like a escape plan. They had it all planned out. You take the cat, you take the computer and we'll just get in the car. And they woke up in the morning and it was dark, dark, dark. And it smelled like smoke. And she just said, get the computer, get the cat. We're getting in the car. And they left. And her husband was in another country at the time. And they were able, there was like embers falling and they look out and the neighbor's bringing his trash can out and his robe and his slippers. And she's like, wait, the world's on fire. Why are you bringing your trash can out? Why are you leaving? <laughs> and they're just trying to get out. There's like fire darting over their car and this huge, um, you know, tremendous experience trying to leave paradise. But uh-huh. anyway, I have a connection to that story. Paradise. That's so interesting, yeah. It's interesting, I mean, sometimes you just don't even quite consider the aftermath of the story. I mean, you know, here's this being talked about, but like, look at all of those people who then go out wherever they end up, you know, over in, in North Carolina versus, um, you know, it could just be the next town over uh, example, but all of those yeah. people sharing that that testimony, that story and, and how the Lord prepared them through that. And it's very interesting. Yeah. That is very interesting. Her husband is the state preparedness uh, representative. Mm-hmm. They used him for that. <laughs> yep. Oh, that's so cool. I, I think it's very interesting uh, from paragraph 11 to, to 12 there, where he's transitioning from his daughter's story to the fire story. Uh, you know, some things are kind of like cute or tongue in cheek, but then I, I'm always kind of second guessing and wondering if there's a deeper meaning in, in everything that he says, right? But he says, meanwhile, we're serving the Lord here and she is serving him there in paradise. Actually, my wife and I visited paradise earlier this year and I'm like, huh, that seems more than just a coincidence in his talk or anything, but like very much kind of planned out and, and connecting those, those stories there. Um, just kind of throwing it out, what is the purpose of this talk? Because it's called Come Follow Me, right? And it's not about the curriculum. 
but where does he actually get to the point of of the talk? Where does he state the purpose of why he's giving this address? Um, actually, I lost it too. Where is it? <laughs> uh, is it because time is running out and we need to be prepared? Uh huh. Yes. Um, in yeah, yeah Janet. You no, know, I think it's the it's kind of a warning almost um, mm. that we need to, if we have access to the ordinances, that we need to take advantage of that because he explains that um, while the Savior promised that everyone would be resurrected, not everyone will have the opportunity to be with their family. So mm. my question for you, Cameron, is... <laughs> <laughs> is what is it about the ordinances that connects us to our families is it just the choice to participate to say i'm willing i want to or i mean what it, what is it do you understand what i'm saying what is it about the ordinances that makes it possible for us to be with our families but if we don't participate we won't be able to be with our families. I think that's a really great question. That is like totally spot on, Janet. That is exactly what this is about, is family, because he's talking about the death of his daughter. And then he talks about the firefighter who, who was taking care of everybody else, but not, and he didn't know where his own family was. And then it goes into um, the spirit of each of us naturally yearns for family love to last forever. So what is required for a family to be exalted forever? We qualify for that privilege by making covenants with God, keeping those covenants and receiving essential ordinances. And then he goes back to say how far these ordinances have gone back to Adam and Eve. I mean, it's not like a new thing. It's gone on forever. That's a very interesting question. Um, I don't know, like my head's going like a, a million different directions in like, different connections and and themes that that kind of run through that like obviously the the seedling power right and where um uh, that that connection bond just as as couples anyway but then how that extends on to our posterity sorry was that you mom that yeah i i was muted i didn't know i was muted gotcha. but i i think it comes down to the the ceilings but even you know, if we're sealed, it doesn't necessarily mean that we are sealed unless we follow through with our covenants and we um, eventually the Holy Spirit of promise will, uh, what's the word? Sealed. Is it sealed. Rat ratify. It'll ratify that sealing. And that's the ones that get to be together is after those things are ratified. Mm -hmm. I, I think that's what, yeah. I'm glad you brought that up, Darlene, because I think that's really important. I think that's what he means. Exaltation is a family matter. I mean, mm. it has to be ratified by the Holy Spirit of promise. And we also have to all, everybody in the family has to make those and keep those covenants, you know? And if it's not... I mean, I, I, I don't know where I found it, but in my notes, I have just tons 
of I must have come from maybe uh, LDS wiki or the encyclopedia, but it's selected teachings on the Holy Spirit of promise. And it's basically says that um, just because we're sealed doesn't mean we're sealed unless people keep those covenants and the Holy Spirit ratifies it and approves it and you're just and true. So it's not just people think it's done once you go and do it, it's done, but it's keeping those covenants as a family, as a group with each other. And, and, you know, I'm not saying it very well. Uh, yeah, I get what you're saying for sure. Um, but say? I'm trying to find, I have so many quotes here. I don't know which one I read through them. I didn't even get to the bottom of them because there's so many. Um, but that doesn't mean though that um, like if say husband and wife if if one isn't doesn't follow through that that messes it up for the rest of the family or if one of the kids doesn't and we have time uh, it's not like I mean there's other uh, how do I say this? Yeah, Darlene, how lenient is he going to be? <laughs> he is going to be very lenient, as lenient as he can. But we've we've made those covenants and stuff. But he loves us. How how would your earthly father handle it? Wouldn't he give him every opportunity? You know. Well, our heavenly father is going to be the same way, except more so. He loves us and he wants us to be together and be happy. And so. It's interesting as we look through um, just like a study of the priesthood, right? When we were going down that era of our, our studies, right? Where uh, we have the Aaronic priesthood and the Melchizedek priesthood. And then we have lots of quotes from Joseph Smith saying that uh, those priesthoods won't necessarily really exist in eternity. It's all about the patriarchal order. It's all about the family order. And um, that's what continues and perpetuates through all the ages of, of the worlds and creations to come kind of a thing. And so, I don't know, it's kind of an interesting concept where it, everything is about the family. Like it says here, you know, uh, the individual is, uh, salvation is an individual matter versus um, exaltation is a family matter where we are put into these family relationships to uh, to learn and grow. I've heard it quoted many times, and I don't know exactly where this comes from, but that every single family nucleus has all of the shared gifts that are necessary for exaltation or otherwise it wouldn't be just. And so um, within your, your family dynamics, your, your family nucleus there, that you have all of the, the gifts and potential in order to reach exaltation, but there's still learning and growth that has to come through that, through that patriarchal order of think, marriage. I think that was that education week because you came home and was telling me about that. Yeah, but I just can't remember who she was quoting at the time. <laughs> is, is the thing. I need to find I, I'm thinking of education week too, where um, uh, Dave, what is his name? David Christensen. Mm -hmm. uh, he's a sealer in the Salt Lake Temple. Um, 
he's on hiatus right now. <laughs> no. Just because it's closed. I was trying to be funny and it wasn't even funny. Anyway, he said, in talking about this very thing, he said that a, a couple, if they have a wayward child, and and this is after this life, uh, I mean this mortal life, they will be able to go down into to hell together. They have to be together, support each other through this, but they can go down into hell and, and rescue that child because of those that ceiling power. Um, Darlene, is he? The David Christensen that was an institute teacher at the University of Utah. I don't I believe know. so. You think so? I believe so. I, I know that he taught institute. I don't know where, so I'm assuming it's that same one. Uh -huh. You know, I, I years ago I took classes from him, and he had he actually had a daughter that committed suicide. Yes, that, yeah, that's the that's one. That's him. That's him. He's an amazing person. He is. Yeah. And that was long before we ever knew about like Davidic covenants or the ascent and descent and everything in proxy work. Like, uh, but now that I have that Isaiah perspective of it, I know like even more richly what he was talking about there, you know, and it's because of that ceiling covenant that we can as couples, that's what the importance of the, the marriage and the ceiling is to, to go and save, actually redeem um, our, our family lines and, and things like that. But yeah, uh, he this was telling very, that. Mm -hmm. This is very good news. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and isn't it interesting that almost all of our families have a few black sheep or, or whatever, you know, like that's why we're put into these family units is so that everyone has their best opportunity for, for growth and salvation and exaltation, right? Because somebody is going to, to pay the, the, the price to redeem those, those prodigal um, sons, as it were. I mean, Christ is, has made everything possible, but um, he allows us to, to share in that, that redeeming love and that, that saving power as we become saviors on Mount Zion, right? I mean, that's why it's a collective effort and why we even have family history work in the long run. And so if our children won't listen to us, can we send the grandparents down to hell for them? <laughs> <laughs> well, if they're still, yep. possibly, I don't know. Uh, isn't that interesting? Because a lot of times that they're a lot closer to their grandparents. I, I don't know why, but. Yeah, you'd be amazed in just doing family history with with everyone, right? That there's many people, honestly, that do not want to be sealed to their parents, it, but they're just fine with with the generations on back. But there's something about that they had some sort of trauma or whatever, because somebody wasn't living up to covenants or who knows what. But some people just do not want to be sealed to their parents, but they're just fine going back. So as long as <laughs> all of the ceilings are made, I, I'm sure that. There's <laughs> plan yeah, B's and state clauses and all of that in there. Yeah, it's only speculation on my part, but I, you know, 
it, the, we have the whole ceiling line. We're all sealed together in a big, wonderful line. And so I wouldn't doubt, but what you could muster some help. Maybe you could just have them come with you. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> We're all going to go together. Yep. I have a question about family history stuff. Mm -hmm. um, my mother remarried when I was young. And then they joined the church and took, took me to the temple. But then I looked up, or my ex-husband looked up, my biological father. So I have done his work and the family temple work. When he passes, do I, do I be still, am I still to him too or not? How does that? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, like, that's how we always uh, tell people. We always go biological first, but if they're... If we can't find the biological, then then we at least seal through adoptive or or step uh, marriages. But yes, there's there's multiple. You can be sealed to, to multiple uh, at a time, kind of a thing with with marriage circumstances. You just like seal them all together, and it all works later. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we'll we'll let <laughs> the other side work with all of the other contingencies and stuff. But but yeah, we we seal all. Uh, all relationships are are sealed on our end if, if we can have it. So on my biological side, I'm the only one that has been doing any family history or temple work. Mm -hmm. I was able to, um, when I lived in Illinois, grab up or not grab up, I was given lots of records. Yeah. It was really interesting how that worked out. Like, Uh-huh, for sure. Yeah. And I that... really don't have any contact with any of them. They think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> if I had a dollar for every time, yeah. <laughs> I just think there's more to the ceiling than we understand. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I try to understand it, but it's just, it's still way more than I think we understand. Well, that's what I'm asking. Why don't you understand this? <laughs> well, somewhere I read and I can't find it but I read something about it said that the sealing is to help seal families hearts to each other people's hearts to each other and an ordinance won't do that it's part of I think to change our hearts we do family history work to care about the welfare and the the welfare of our family's souls that they will come unto Christ and be changed by knowing Christ, if they didn't know it in this life, they'll be taught on the other side, the purpose of life and to become like Christ. And I think it's that we care enough about them that they'll have that opportunity without doing the work, the baptisms and those things, they won't understand the point of the gospel to be changed, you know, to have their heart and mind changed to become like Christ. And so I think that's some of the ceiling. It's our work to do. So we can, you know, it says it's to bind the hearts of the children to their fathers in the scriptures. Mm -hmm. So it's about loving our ancestors. And I think it's, I don't know, it's, I, it's a, like I said, I don't think we understand half of what it's about. And we try to, but um, it's about allowing the spirit to seal it. And, and, um, I just found a note and it's somebody's personal idea. Let's see. It was said the hardest experience as a sealer. This was a person who was sealing, I guess, 
is that when a young couple comes to be sealed and you know they aren't worthy, the reason why you know is because the spirit did not seal the ordinance. The work is performed. The sealing from heaven is removed and you know it if they don't repent when the ordinance will have no effect in the next life. So you have to be just and true and keep your covenant, I think, you know, that you make mm -hmm. um, to have the spirit seal it. And people that just go, because I, I know a couple that went and got married in the temple. I don't know them really well, but the, it was just more of a checklist thing. And they don't come back to church. They're not active in church. So mm -hmm. they don't serve. They don't, you know, they, I don't think they do family history. They don't, you know, they don't have any callings in church. So it was just to them, it was a checklist like, oh, I'm going to get into heaven now. And I'm going to be with my husband forever because I got sealed. Well, hmm. I think there's way more to it than what we think. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I, there's a lot of people that don't understand it, mm -hmm. yeah, so, which is kind of I'm... sad to their own detriment. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah, Every time I'm in a ceiling session or whatever, and just focusing on the words, I, I always get caught away in, in different phrases or, or different terms there, you know, as it's listing off all of the different blessings and things that's it's so immense that uh, it really could take <laughs> a, an eternity to, to study all of that stuff and understand it. There's, there's so much that we just probably can't comprehend, but. I think that's why they say to go back often mm -hmm. because you learn a little bit different each time you go. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, for sure. But those covenants that we make in the uh, initiatory and endowment, I'm well, it's in the, endowment that we make the covenants but we have to live up to those for this or everything else isn't going to be ratified mm -hmm. did you yeah. know that you can print out those covenants the words of those covenants sorry what was that you can print out the words of the covenants that are in the temple it's on the temple website or on the church website oh uh -huh. yeah so you have, um, it's interesting because sometimes we, we think that, uh, like Bednar's talk, right, where everybody is just so concerned about never talking about the temple at all, uh, but yet there really is a lot that um, is, is public versus um, uh, the certain things, you know, that we actually covenant in the temple not to disclose. Yeah, well, I don't remember things very good, so I was really pleased to be able to find that. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah, that's awesome. I laminated it and put it on this. And then I, you can print out what these covenants are too. Like the law of obedience, you can print out the law of obedience and you can read it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Explains yeah. it with pictures. And so it's a whole, <laughs> the whole oh, stuff. That's their whole thing. Like I thought it was just like a kind of a bullet point list or whatever on there. It is a bullet point, but I had to look up those things. and print Oh, them. gotcha. So this is, this is work. This mm -hmm. was a you can't just print it out, but you have to look for it. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. But, um, like there's a, a talk on here, um, the law of the gospel, or not maybe a talk, but like an explanation in topics or I don't know. It took it was a couple of weeks. A lot um yeah, I don't know. It's a lot. Where did you find that, Laura? So if you just go into um the church website. You can you can find that list this list right here that I put on here. With oh, okay. And you can print that out. But then I went and, and looked up all of these 
like the law of the gospel, the law of chastity, the law of consecration. And I looked up what those all meant and they all have scriptures. So you have to go through and then I just printed them out. I like printing. Oh, yeah. You have to look up each one individually. Yeah. Okay. Sorry, I don't have it all together in a thing or I would send it to you. I just kind of looked it up and printed it. That's cool. Yeah, that's a fun one. But yeah, this way, so it's all together and I don't have to search for it anywhere. I just printed it. I have it right here. So in um, verse 32 or 33, maybe 34, one, your friend of mine, why, why yeah, of his friend in here? Um, yeah, and it doesn't have a good ending. <laughs> <laughs> yep. <laughs> it's kind of interesting how he ends it there with, thankfully I'm not this man's judge. <laughs> But yeah, I mean, there's there's many different opportunities in this life to to accept or or uh, heed different counsel and things. But you know, I can kind of understand where that brother might be coming from. You know, like man, I'm old; it's too hard to change. <laughs> Do all those kind of things. You know, like I, I'm sure that the Lord's going to be merciful, and <laughs> there's yeah. there's justice, but there's also mercy in in all things, right? But the Lord loves effort, and mm -hmm. though it, you notice the ones that are trying really hard, there's usually a lot of suffering and trials that happen. It 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 helps us grow and it sanctifies us. And you know, this feller wasn't even willing to <laughs> take the time to go to church and do all that kind of stuff. I mean, that's too hard you know but you have to do go ahead i was just gonna say you have to do hard things you know and i think we have to remember too that the same spirit that dies with us will rise and so if we we i don't know maybe this is harsh but if if we don't change here mm -hmm. what What's going to make us change there? I think a lot of people think as soon as they pass through that veil, they're, <laughs> they're going to see the big picture. But it says mm -hmm. in the Book of Mormon that the same spirit will rise with us. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What is, what, Darlene, what do you think? <laughs> what? <laughs> I totally agree with that. Yeah, exactly right. That's why I think there's many mansions in heaven. I heard Brad Wilcox, I think, say, you know, we'll only go where we're comfortable, you know, on the lifestyle that we live here will be that what we live there. So if we're not comfortable, you know, keeping the celestial laws, now we won't go to the celestial kingdom. If we have word of wisdom problems, then we will be where other people have word of wisdom problems, you know. Or whatever but, I know, think also, also Kathy there is a um scripture in the doctrine and covenants I can't remember where it, what where it is it says if you're living a portion of the celestial law that you will you'll be able to inherit the celestial kingdom do you know what I'm oh, talking about no I've not heard that you know what scripture that is, Cameron? Can you remember? 
I don't, I, I know I could <laughs> paraphrase it, but I, I don't know where it's at. Um, it, it seems like it's later on, like in the, the early 120s or something, but I, I could be wrong. <laughs> well, if you find it, Cameron, post it somewhere on Learning yeah. Zion, because that shows that Christ is merciful then, I mean, and lenient. If we're only keeping part of it, he give us, gives us the benefit of the doubt. Mm -hmm. You know, if we're even partially living it. I mean, I've not, I don't know that verse. But is but, it saying just, I, I'm, I'm taking that a different way. Like in Triumph of Zion, we learned about uh, there's the lower portion and there's the higher portion. Is it saying if you're living the right portion, you know, you'll be there? Or is it saying, are you, if you're living any amount of that, then you're okay. I, I don't know what I'm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we'll have to find like the, the scripture and. Um... Yeah. Well, I added a footnote to go to verse 10, where he was talking about ordinances and in Abraham or DNC 52 15 to 16 the Lord uh, it says the Lord accepts those who obey I don't know if that goes along with what you're looking for that's some of it yeah okay let's go back to this dear friend I'm not understanding why he put this in here <laughs> <laughs> yeah he had he had months to prepare this talk. Why do we? Why did he feel like we need to know about his dear friend that wanted somebody else to do the temple work and he could just go on with his life? Mm -hmm. Yeah, and so like I think it's kind of interesting these three different stories, right? Where we have his daughter, and he says that we know where she goes. She goes to paradise, and then we have this other story of this guy in paradise that is wondering where his family's at. Uh, right and then uh, eventually finds out that they're safe and then we have this other guy who um, wants to go to paradise but isn't willing to put forth the effort to get there so I think like this talk this whole come follow me is about the path to paradise and the ones that actually achieve it versus the ones that um, uh, I don't know it, it seems like three different examples of uh, of that that trip to paradise kind of thing. Okay, I found this, you guys. Um, mm -hmm. Can you hear me? It, this is in, um, oh, sorry. DNC 882831, it says, ye who are quickened by a portion of the celestial glory shall th then receive of the same, even of fullness interesting yeah what verse was that again okay it's in dnc 88, 88 okay 28 through 31 oh, okay does Thank it have you. any footnotes with that let me just read the previous paragraph i okay. it says the receiving of ordinances of the gospel by one directly imbued with the power and authority of the master himself inducts one by the administration of law into celestial dimensions of living. 
that's a hard sentence, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) And the continuous development of the unique godly powers growing out of all the ordinances of the restored gospel of Christ, including celestial marriage, will inevitably yield fruits of the highest position of exaltation in the celestial kingdom. For the Lord has said, they who are of a celestial spirit shall receive the same body, which was a natural body, even ye shall receive your bodies and your glory shall be that glory by which your bodies are quickened. This is heavy stuff, you guys. Yeah, that's kind of what I have in a note too. It's a celestial wait, wait, wait. body. Yeah. Where did you yeah. read this? Where is this? Because I got this. Yeah, but where are you reading that stuff at? It's um, what is necessary for celestial glory, and it's by Lynn A. McKinley, and I think it's. Oh, sorry. Let me look here. I think it's. I think it's on the church website, you guys. So that sounds to me like if you are on the covenant path, none of us are going to leave this earth perfect, you know, mortality perfect. But if we are on the covenant path, I think that's the portion that that's talking about. If you're striving and you're, you will continue on from that point and learn more and get there because you're on that you're on that uh, path but I don't know that it reminds me of what we were talking about on Saturday I don't know how many people were in the Saturday group Mm -hmm. you know about weren't we talking about didn't you talk about vibrations I know you uh did a thing about the chakras but did you talk about vibrations you have a chart from that book Uh about vibrations And my note says, it says, Paul talks about bodies that are luminescent. It says there are also celestial bodies, meaning individuals who will be resurrected with bodies luminescent, like the sun and bodies terrestrial, but bodies with the glory of the moon and terrestrial like the stars. So he was talking about luminescence. So the amount of light that you have, or maybe vibration, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know how light and vibration are connected. Well, the, the word that the scripture is using is quickened. So what, excuse me, <clears throat> what does quickened mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's interesting. I kind of want to read like that block of scripture right there because it, it, it points out lots of interesting parallels. It says uh, from verse 28, uh, starting there and going through 31, they who are of a celestial spirit shall receive the same body, which was a natural body. Even ye shall receive your bodies and your glory shall be the glory by which your bodies are quickened. Ye who are quickened by a portion of the celestial glory shall then receive of the same, even a fullness. And they who are quickened by a portion of the terrestrial glory shall then receive of the same, even a fullness. Cameron's dog. In the in the guide to the scriptures, it says quicken is to make alive, to resurrect, or to change a person so they can be in the presence of God. 
sorry about that. Um, but yeah, I, I like that, that definition there because it helps uh, really pull us out. But anyway, all they who are quickened by a portion of the terrestrial glory shall then receive of the same, even a fullness. So after each one, it says, even a fullness. And also they who are quickened by a portion of the telestial glory shall then receive of the same, even a fullness. And so um, kind of going along that line of like vibrations that you were talking about, like the light and the quickening, but we are quickened by whatever we, uh, no, let's see, we are transformed into whatever we are quickened by. Uh, according to these verses. So if you're quickened by a celestial thing or a terrestrial thing or a telestial glory, then you shall receive of the same, even a fullness of that glory. Um, and so I, I think that that kind of comes to like Christ's mercy. Like um, my mom was saying, like none of us are going to leave perfect kind of a thing, but we do everything that we can to, to merit that, that law because we're living a certain stature. And then whatever uh, we've ob obtained that way, then Christ can then quicken us to that glory um, and receive the fullness of that level kind of thing is how I'm kind of understanding it. But I don't know. That's a very interesting one. I've never taken the time to really break down those verses before. Anna, did you say that the author of What is Necessary for Celestial Glory is Lynn A. McKinley? Um, yes, Lynn, Lynn A. McKinley. Now, how did you connect to that talk or that article? I just Googled. <laughs> what did I Google? <laughs> I just Googled like a portion of celestial glory, and this is what popped up. Gotcha. Okay. I was like, did I miss out on a footnote somewhere? Because I'm not seeing how you got yeah, but DNC 88, and that, I'm just writing this down in my, my notes to study later, 28 through 31. And that Lynn A. McKinley quote there. So my question is, again, so how small of a celestial <laughs> portion can we live and still receive a fullness? Uh -huh. <laughs> yep. I, I think it's all depending on, on laws. And so... Um, <laughs> Like President Nelson is, has been saying, this is the one thing that's just been kind of blowing my mind lately. Um, it first kind of got sparked to me with Avraham and his work with Isaiah Decoded and stuff. And it's like that every level of the ladder has its own law. And so um, as we learn laws as commissioned or admonitioned by President Nelson to learn God's laws, then... Uh, if you're if you're even living some of those celestial laws, you know it, it may be taking eternity to to fully live all of them, kind of a thing. But um, as long as we're reaching and uh, learning to to live some of those celestial laws, then he'll make up the difference and provide the way that we can eventually live all of them, kind of thing. Is how I well, take. It. I don't know. It would certainly behoove us to learn what laws we need to um, we need to keep, and I think. We need to start by saying what lack I yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, for sure. I have a book and I have not read it yet. I bought so many books and haven't read them, but this one's <laughs> called Choosing Glory. Um, I'm trying to find the subtitle. She talks about the different levels of the kingdoms. I can't find the subtitle. It doesn't have a subtitle. I thought it did. Um, but I thought it sounded interesting because I wanted to know more, more about the different levels. And that's kind of what she goes 
through and I don't know if it has different laws in it or not. Um, but I just read, you can find it on Amazon or I think it's maybe at Deseret Books. And what's the name of it again? It's called Choosing Glory. Okay, thank you. By Anderson, uh, Lily De Hoyas Anderson, PhD. Yeah, it's a fun one. So I have not had time to read it. <laughs> but it's just it's like, okay, I want to know more about this. And so, yeah, and I actually got a used copy. It says, I don't think I paid that little. It says $1.50. I don't think I paid $1.50, but yep. <laughs> that's what the sticker says. So. But yeah, I find this talk very interesting just in its scope, right? Where um, the title is Come Follow Me. And <laughs> my own crazy expectations was to learn about the, the curriculum, but it's not that. And he starts off with saying, Thank you to those of you who uh, have kind of taken my, my counsel and wisdom from, from last conference and started applying it. We're seeing lots of blessings flowing from it. Let me tell you a tale of three people and the path to come follow the Savior. And anyway, where he ends up on it in verse 38, um, now as president of his church, I mean, this is, this is a pretty important uh, statement that's, that's following here. I plead with you who have distanced yourself from the church and with you who are not yet really sought to know that the Savior's church has been restored. Do the spiritual work to find out for yourselves and please do it now. Time is running out. Um, all three that's of the, the talk that has that. I didn't get that far in the talk. Yeah, I've been quoting uh -huh. that for <laughs> Yeah. yeah or the spiritual work and people don't i always kept asking people what's the spiritual work and people don't realize that and i just opened this book here and i thought i'd read a paragraph it's so interesting it says mm -hmm. t lestal to tear restal she probably has one from tear restal to c lestal but it says to come fully to christ we must first eliminate sin willful rebellion against god from our lives moving from the t lestal realm to the t restal realm requires repentance and constant obedience, the spirit harnessing the flesh so that our lives are not governed by desires, appetites, and passions of the natural man. Again, acknowledging that it's not possible to know what motives each individual motivates. It seems that fear and misery may often contribute to successful advancement from the telestial to the terrestrial realm. I love that. So she has a whole chapter on choosing your glory. Mm -hmm. so yeah she has one on tier last year to see last year. so it'll be interesting to peruse through it yeah i'm excited to, to look at that one and give it a, a glance but yeah and um with these three stories in here time is is an issue in all three of them right um where uh the example of his daughter wendy and the uh, the guy racing the clock and not knowing where his own family's at. And then this other one who is just kind of biding the time. It's kind of like how we spend our time uh, determines a lot of our peace and our position on the ladder and, and things too. But yeah, it just such an amazing admonition right there. Like <laughs> time is running out. 
okay, let's let's get on the ball. Let's let's do this. Um, I think this 2019. I think this was even before I even got involved in like timelines and all that kind of stuff and started waking up. Like, <laughs> if I would have been like knee deep in the timelines when he said this, I would have started freaking out a little bit. I think, but so powerful to. Um, such a powerful talk and, and such a powerful ending to it right there. So I'll throw out the question, what is the spiritual work he talks about? Because I've never gotten anybody to really answer that. I mean, I have my answer, but <laughs> uh-huh. yeah, a lot of people say, oh, well, it's just going to church and reading your scriptures and I'm like, mm, uh-huh, okay. It's like, no, it's like, it's kind of mean more than that, but I can't get people to go beyond that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so just kind of diving back into that verse there. Um, I plead with you who have distanced yourself from the church, uh, who have not really sought to know that the Savior's church has been restored. So I think that that comes in different levels, right? Because, you know, all of us know that the church has been restored, right? I mean, we know it, but I think that there's different levels of the knowing. And so um, do the spiritual work to find out for yourselves. And I think that that comes a lot through the Hear Him program that, that comes out later on, mm-hmm. right? Like, do do the effort to, to actually connect with heaven and, and receive answers. So I think kind of referencing the, the Joseph Smith uh, story, right? Joseph Smith is, is worried about his personal salvation and um, is worried and has many questions, which church to join. Uh, there's so many things on this little 14 year old boy's uh, brain as he's going into uh, the grove to, to pray but he did the spiritual work necessary to find out for himself and was able to actually know, like have firsthand knowledge of, of the savior and uh, of, of God, the father in this. And so I think uh, I would answer that question in how well do you want to know? Like what level of knowing are we talking about? Because I think that there's different spiritual work to, to know each, each level on the, like the Jacob Israel level of the ladder. I think it is, you know, some of those, those basic simple answers of reading the scriptures, praying, attending your meetings kind of thing. And then as we're, we're going up the, the ladder to Zion, Jerusalem, it's about making and keeping those covenants in the temple and uh, doing that spiritual work to keep those covenants. Yeah. As we ascend up to, to sun servant, sun servant is the first level where we uh, are able to, to come into the presence, to part the veil and, and see God the Father. And so and I figure he says time's running out. So I thought it would mean a lot more than just the basics. <laughs> yeah, because... <laughs> When Christ comes again, the Zion Jerusalem level doesn't even exist. It gets wiped off the earth, right? I mean, yeah. time, time's literally running out. Yeah. If, if all you're relying on is, is the seminary answers, you've got to do more spiritual work in order to actually merit a terrestrial state. Um, mm-hmm. Well, I think part of the spiritual work that we need to do is our relationship with divinity we have to follow the promptings that are given to us mm-hmm. and yeah. then when we follow right. those promptings more will be given and and we receive more of a portion of that glory which we're seeking does that make sense mm-hmm. 
Yeah, yeah I don't know when he did the Hear Him initiative, but I think it's learning like we learned in from the Pontius book. It's, you know, learning to hear the spirit and obeying the spirit so that we can overcome the natural man. Exactly. Uh, that's what I was I trying think, to say. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what it is, because if we don't ever overcome the natural man, that's an enemy to God. And we won't be with God until we can get sufficiently clean enough to be in his presence. So and that's hence for the atonement so that we can, you know, become changed through the atonement. So, yeah. Yeah. And it's, 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 it's sort of the basic answers, but it's it's hard. I was thinking today about overcoming the natural man. Sometimes it's really, it's not easy. It's painful. Yeah, very painful. Because a friend and I are going through that emotional resilience. And we're in the very first after faith, it talks about adversity and hardship. And, you know, a lot of people don't like hardship, but that's part of life. And we have to, and it's painful and people want to avoid the pain so they won't do the spiritual work because it's painful sometimes to see your faults and overcome them and try to work through them. It's not an easy process. Even with Christ, it's a struggle yeah. and it can be painful. And, and the more addictions you have, if you have serious alcohol or drug addiction, it's even more painful than just emotional or mental issues, you know, that you might have, um, you know, it's, oh. it's just interesting. And I thought, okay, <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, struggle. you gotta, you know, I think that's why we have to have a broken heart and a contrite spirit because it's not a walk in the, it's not a walk in the park to try to get rid of the natural man at all. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I agree. Totally. It, <laughs> it's a very painful process. And um, it eventually certain things get easier as we experience the harder things, right? And you're just like, oh, if I could just return to some of those easier ones and that's all I had to deal with. But it increasingly gets more difficult as we ascend the ladder and uh, encounter new um, challenges that, that grow our, our beings and overcome that natural man until the natural man can, can finally be rooted out eventually, right? It's a hard process. Yeah, I made I made chocolate chip cookies today. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, yeah. Well, food is one of LDS people's addictions for sure. I no mean, sure. we don't have other addictions, but food and sweets and oh my gosh. <laughs> Eating a little salad. Yeah, uh -huh. it's like I know because you were saying you and. And your mom are trying to eat live foods like sprouts and things. And I'll do that for half a day. And then it's like, yeah. okay, then I have to have my sugar. No way my are we it's like, okay, it lasts for so long. It's like, how do we do this on a consistent basis? And then fast, you know, mm -hmm. for a day or two days. It's like, okay, this is not, this is so difficult. It <laughs> is. Sugar is more addicting than cocaine. You know that, don't you? <laughs> no, I didn't, but I believe it. <laughs> yeah, I it believe is. it. It's yeah, more it's sugar and carbo. I would say carbohydrates. I successfully did that for like six, eight months and I lost weight. I took off all simple carbohydrates, all sugar, all white bread, white rice, pasta, ate just vegetables, some fruit. 
um, dairy and meat and stuff like that. And I lost weight and I lost the cravings for carbohydrates. But yeah. now I'm back and I gained it all back. No, it's, it's a vicious so cycle. <laughs> I, I love carbohydrates. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. So Cameron, I sent you an email of um, President Nelson's homework assignments. It kind of talks about the spiritual work that he has given his homework assignments in each conference talk. Uh-huh. Yeah. So you can send that out if you want. Or... Yeah, for sure. That'll be fun. I'm just looking at it now. I'm bringing it up, making sure I got it. Yep, there it is. Yeah, I would love a copy of that, Laura. Yeah, I would too. Add to it if you post if it out any other ones. Can you post it in Learning Zion? Do you know how to do that? <laughs> I can send it out to you. Yeah, you can because, send it to uh, me or post. Yeah. I have trouble getting to Zion. <laughs> 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 the way you phrased that was funny. <laughs> I keep getting locked out and I just, I can't. Yeah, I don't know what it is on, on that end, but uh, sorry. About you, that. <laughs> if you could just totally send me that link, how to put it on my screen, because I probably won't be able to find it. But if I could just like push that button on my screen and it's never locked out, huh? you like the best. Yeah, be awesome. <laughs> but yeah, I'll, I'll put I that on learning design and everything. Wait, wait, you had to put that in a, in a text or in a messenger because if you email it, to, well, I just, that's on my phone and not on the computer. Okay. In the chat right now because I won't be able to get it on my phone. <laughs> yeah, sounds good. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you and get you all set up with them. Well, these things that he asked us to do are just so, so amazing. Um, eat your vitamin pills, get your rest, revelation for our lives, effective ministering, spend more time in the temple. Pray to understand your spiritual gifts. Turn off media for two weeks. Um, study the current Relief Society purpose, the correct name of the church. That one is so powerful. Transform your, we did that one. Did we do that last week, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Carefully um, look at how you spend your time. Daily focus on repentance. That one is huge. Making covenants with God and keeping those covenants. Pour your heart out to God and ask. Study his words really study and these are just this goes on and on it goes on and on like god it's so amazing and if you come up with other ones i'll just share this thing with um cameron and you can share the document mm-hmm. yeah i actually might kind of take it just one step further and like put the the chapter and verse next to each one so that uh, people can can find the, exactly where he states those in it really easy but uh, I, I love I was just trying to compile a list mm-hmm. yeah that's awesome you guys I posted in learning science I posted Michael Rush's talk that he gave yesterday oh fun yeah it is phenomenal it is the best stuff I have ever heard. He is so intelligent and so inspired. And mm-hmm. so if you go in Learning Zion, it's there and it's, um, he starts talking halfway through the video. And it is really, I'm just so, it was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. There are words. So you did it on the web 
the the word this is on the the facebook one oh the facebook one uh-huh I, I put it on learning zion mm -hmm. not on the facebook but on your on your page what is abraham i know he doesn't i guess i can't ask this question what, is, what do you think that michael does michael do you listen all right well can we listen to michael rush <laughs> I, I have in the past, I, I haven't like kept up. Uh, there's so many things to keep up with or whatever. I haven't went through all this stuff. I went through A Remnant Shall Return and Daniel 11. Uh, those two books. He kind of follows what Abraham, are they kind of on the, are they seeing things the same way? <sighs> Somewhat. I mean, Avraham really despises timelines. He doesn't do those. Um, and where you know Michael Roche is very into the timelines and, and figuring stuff out, but very close interpretations of like Antichrist and uh, some of the those kind of signs. Yeah, they're 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 pretty similar. Uh, you know, they deviate a lot on aliens and things. But <laughs> he doesn't listen to other people either. He just kind no. of does, yeah. Um... He, he has Avraham. I know from one of our things, Avraham has not listened to to Michael Rush's stuff at all. He hasn't he even listened to, to like Pontius or anybody. Yeah. <laughs> he does his own thing. He stays in <laughs> scripture, which, which is fine, you know, because there's just not enough time to do everything. So for him to be a master of Isaiah, kudos. <laughs> I'm grateful for his work and stuff. So yeah, it's very interesting to, to do all that. I'm excited to, to watch Michael Rush's things. I think I've kept up on most of his videos, interviews and things that he's posted out and, and but I haven't dove into all of his books. I, I have his Isaiah one. Uh, I really want to dive into that and kind of see his take on uh, Isaiah and the delighting in plainness there. But I, we, I was able to get his books at Christmas. Didn't I share that with y'all? Uh -huh. I, I shared it. Yeah. Oh, so I just only listened to them, but I've gone through them a couple of times. Um, and it seems like... They don't contradict each other, which is good. Yeah. Um, so question, Janet, on this, because I, I haven't uh, really dove into anything by this other person. So that, that presentation was like part one was this other author, right? The return from Risa or whatever that is. And then the yeah. other part was Michael Rush. Yes, but I didn't listen to the first Oh, because that was my question. I was like, what is this return from Risa thing? I've never even heard of that. Oh. <laughs> my my sister told me that he is a a patriarch and a friend of Michael Rush's who wrote this book and it's kind of she said it's kind of science fictiony about people from other planets but when you oh. listen to, to Michael Rush I mean you it opens doors and windows it I promise it is the most phenomenal thing I've ever heard Love I wish to, I've listened to it three times today, and my husband even listened to it. So. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Putting it on my Michael B. Rush that wrote Daniel Eleven and the that one. Oh, okay, interesting. Yes, yeah. You guys really listen to this, so we can talk about it next week. It's so good. <laughs> we start a new book club. <laughs> I love it. I'm just copying the link over here in the chat if anybody wants up. Um, yeah, that'll be fun to, to watch.
I listened to that Bruce Porter about have you heard that one? The Bruce Porter about what? About Egypt and the, the endowment. Oh, I haven't. It's on my to-do list. <laughs> my my watch later list on YouTube is growing and growing and growing. <laughs> right. That one was really good because Egypt has always been on my heart, but I just couldn't dig into it because it just felt evil. Yeah. Um, recently, there was a, what is that, Sisters of Liberty lady talked oh, about. With Robin. Yeah. And then um, this one, I think, was it on your Saturday class? Someone talked about that? How I got Probably. that? Probably. It came up somewhere really recently. Um, so we watched it today. That's incredible. I mean, absolutely incredible. And to see how a society had, had become so corrupt and where you, I just didn't even feel like I could even touch on it. Mm -hmm. Same with, this, with astrology and listening to, um, what is her name? Um, the Allie Duzette? Allie Duzette, yeah. Mm -hmm. I, only listen to one interview with her I just don't have a ton of time to but I'm um, just to be able to open and these other things that we talked about on Saturday the um I, I watched two of those other things too that were discussed on Saturday so I'm so grateful just to be able to have these things presented and the mm -hmm. opportunity because there's a lot of information out there and there's lots of good in lots of cultures and lots of books right you know searchy out of the best books and and things but man it's hard to to wade through all of the um Satan's counterfeits and stuff along with it, right? Like you said with Egypt, there's so much wrong with Egypt, but there there are very good elements, but it's it's knowing where to study and stuff. So I'm so grateful for everyone that puts together good, solid information and has studied that so that we can kind of glean out of those. Uh, these are very fun presentations and, and things like that. Have you come across the universal model, the science thing? Have you seen that, UM? Mm -mm, I haven't even heard of it. Um, I just read a few paragraphs out of, I guess it's a whole like different way to look at science and it, it resonated. I just don't have a ton of time. Mm -hmm. and sure. I shared it with one of my friends that we were just talking about in my little friendship group here. And she's like, oh my gosh, this just makes so much sense. But she hasn't ordered the books yet either. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Interesting. All right. Well, let me pull up the schedule next week so we're on the same page. I don't know why my computer's being weird tonight. Um, at least it's not as weird as last week, right? Last week was so odd. Um, all right. So next week is October 2019. And group A is talking about spiritual treasures. That'll be a fun one. I tried to, to kind of rotate uh, A, B, and C around through the, the conferences so that we're all kind of getting different uh, aspects of the talks and stuff. So yeah, the spiritual treasures is one of my favorite ones. It'll be a, a fun one to dive into next week. But yeah, anything else for... For this week, this talk, or anything else that you want to talk about? Just thanks for all your input. Thank you for all your input. Uh, that's what I really love about uh, studying these talks together. Like, you guys have so many different angles and, and things to, to look at this from and, and study it. I love it. Be sure and listen to Michael Rush. 
first. <laughs> yep. I promise. I promise you love it. <laughs> yep, I'm so It'll be one of those ones where after I listen to it, I'll be like, oh my gosh, we have got to schedule another chat because this is so cool. <laughs> yeah, it really, it really is so good. He is, he's an absolute genius. Mm-hmm. He, he works as a, some kind of a data person and he, he's able to put all these different points together in mm-hmm. a way that nobody else would. It's just so good. <laughs> yep. So are you part of that group, Ezra Eagle? I'm sorry? Are you part of the Ezra Eagle group? On well, Facebook? I, yeah, I, I read that blog. I, I guess Michael doesn't have his own Facebook page, but that, that um, other, what is his name? Let me see. What is his name? Crawl- oh, Crawley. Mm-hmm. Is that, that's not Michael Rush, right? Like Crawley? Oh. No. In fact, it was very interesting. Michael, Mike Crawley inter- introduces him and tells how he knows Mike Rush. So that was fun to make that connection. How do they know each other? I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Um, what's uh, Kathy Barton, you know, that the pops in from time to time or whatever. Her husband is also a moderator for that site. And I think he's neighbors to Mike Crawley. Um, so they're fairly involved in it too. What is his name? Barton, I guess, right? I think it's Rick Barton. Pretty sure his name's Rick. He's coming to the retreat in March, so uh, <laughs> Janet will get to meet him. I, I've never met him before. Yeah, what can I do to help? I'll just show up. We're, it's just going to be kind of a casual thing. <laughs> we'll figure out dinner and thing and stuff when we get here. But yeah, it, it's going to be more of a low-key one since we're just kind of doing a, a modified schedule. Are you coming to the uh, the temple session the on the Friday? I would okay. like to, yeah. Okay. Does, yeah. That, does that mean uh, we'll travel to Malta Friday night and stay Friday night? Uh-huh, yeah. So everybody's just meeting in Brigham City, and then we'll all travel to Malta and, and stay the night there Friday night. Perfect. Yeah. All right. Well, it's been fun. We will have a, a grand discussion next week too with the spiritual treasures, but uh, have a great week, everyone. Uh, and, and like Janet says, go watch Michael Rush. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. We'll see you later. Good night.